2: The Around the NFL Podcast has more arm strength than Matt Shaw. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Good to be back. Back Welcome boys. It
3: hurt listening to you guys have so much fun without me, but you did a good job. Almost too good of a job. Maybe the show's better off without me.
4: You were simply doing your job, though. A lot of high-level responsibilities come your way beyond our knowing, and you had to go tend to those. So. Yeah,
3: well, the Ray Rice week, let's not uh, fool around here, it hasn't been the most fun week in the world at the NFL.
2: Walking into a newsroom that was owned and operated by the NFL during the Ray Rice situation, not exactly loose. is not how I would term the, sure. situ- the environment. By the way, TD, what's up with the new chairs? There's no armrest or anything i feel like i'm just floating in space like sandra bullock we're <laughs> good one we're getting ready to start taping the show guys and uh, i feel like i'm you in a barber's chair you know,
5: those are those are seats and chairs for tv you can't have armrests because a you joke. guys get too relaxed and just hanging out you know so
4: dan correctly does not cite himself as the clooney aspect of that film you have to go bullock you're so much more well, sandra Bullock. I'm, you team. know i'm
2: more john Hamm, obviously so I don't want to get Clooney. That involved.
4: is also a fiction. So, um,
2: listen, that's what that's what was decided by a, a, a nationally recognized uh, casting director, an insider. This is my wife, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so great show today, very excellent show. Right off the top, though, let's get right into a follow up to yesterday's show or Wednesday show, excuse me. Greg Rosenthal, you had to sit out as we alluded to uh, for boss like reasons. Mm. And let's go over some of the go-get-my-sandwich uh, propositions. Oh,
3: that that last part is supposed to be implied.
2: Yes. Also, She would have thought out. you would have learned it. Yeah. I'm um, oh, sorry. Apologies. So let's just go over real quick because you deserve to be involved with this. You're the boss. So let's Well, go listening
3: over. to it at home, I do have a few thoughts. Okay. You just want to... before we start. Very quickly. I noticed Mark Sessler was very uh, – Conservative, he didn't want to get into too many sandwich propositions, Mm -hmm. and it seems like there was a monetary aspect. He didn't want to put too much on the line. But I think you outthought yourself because the only the way to win sandwiches is to be in on every proposition because we never get our propositions right. You almost always lose your own and you win the other ones.
4: That's fair point. However, (laughs) I don't even want sandwiches. Mm. And then the other thing is (laughs) lunch. Half half your propositions
3: are wishing ill on the greatest players of the last generation. That's who, the weird like that. stuff.
4: Is it weird or am I swinging for the fences on an <laughs> entertainment angle? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
3: <laughs> I don't want to root for Peyton Manning's career to be over, or Tom Brady. Well, I'm again. not or... rooting
4: it for it to be over through doom. He just, he's, he's almost 40 years old, and he's going to say at the end of the season, it's been great. Don't, it's me, don't wish me ill.
5: You've seen these women with psychic powers who help out the police? And they see ahead of time somebody's going to get murdered. It's not that they wish that upon them, It's just what they see. Mark's the same way, <laughs> right, Greg? Would you be like,
4: dear woman right. with those powers? You don't tell anyone. Let we got a let... lot of show to get to. I hope those sandwiches
2: <laughs>
3: taste great. You know, when you're chomping on the you know remains of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's career, enjoy that. Very angry All right. Patriots fan here. So yeah, let's That's go got through. Really
4: weird. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just
2: move. Let's just move forward. Greg, all right. So let's run through them all. Um, Just give you an opportunity to get in on sandwiches. Uh, I'll start. Andy Dalton, better passer rating than Rivers. Just give me a yes or no. Rivers. I mean, yeah, I'll take the sandwich. All right. Got Greg in that. Nice. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Tasty. (laughs) Please. Uh, Jason Garrett, survives the season, coaches all 16 games for the Cowboys.
3: I'm not going to take that one.
2: Okay. Wow. Geno Smith starts 16 games. I'm not going to take that one. J.J. Watt, more sacks than DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller combined.
3: Oh, I'll take that one, and I'll have some potato salad on the side. That's a guarantee. Uh, all right. <laughs>
4: Give me a break, that one. <laughs> wow, Greg, Mark. very dismissive of Dan's round of questioning. Here we go. <laughs> I have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will play at least one game, start at least one no, game. I'll, I'll take that sandwich. Next. Yes. you're Yes. Give me a break. No sandwich on that. Number two, the Jets will finish the season with a winning record. I'll take a sandwich on that one. You guys are crazy. Number three, LeBron LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers will win more games in their first seven games than the Browns will win all season. I won't take that. That was a fun one, though. I like your creativity. Dan's spinning his hands furiously. He wants to talk again. Peyton Manning will play 16 more games starting in week two. That means they get to the wild card round. They lose. And he retires. That's so wrong. I'll take a sandwich for that. That's a finger sandwich, by the
5: way. Got a lot of field bets here. Brandon Cook, offensive rookie of the the year. I'll take the field. Okay. St. Louis Rams finished at or tied. I'll take the field. Okay. And Mike Wallace leads the AFC East in receiving yards. That was a perfect one. I'm not going to take that. Ooh. And Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan both finish with more yards than Peyton Manning.
3: Matthew Stafford, I didn't hear that. I guess I must have missed that. Matthew part of the Stafford show. and
5: Matt Ryan each have more passing yards than Peyton Manning.
3: I w- I'll take a sandwich on that one. Okay. I would like to get involved. Oh yeah, and T D. Your Megatron one's ridiculous. I'll definitely take a sandwich for that. So just give it. All to All right, me. Greg, and finally,
2: <laughs> and finally, you, uh, you want to throw out a couple. yeah? Well, we got to play a little bit.
3: Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Casserly here. Yeah. All right, See? Jake Locker will have more passing yards this year. Than two of the following three players RG3, Russell Wilson, and Colin Kaepernick. I'm
5: taking that one. You I'm have. taking that one because Locker will be hurt by midseason. I'll take that too.
3: Make the whole round. Okay, Jake Locker, you're my boy. All right, <laughs> NFC East will have three losing teams in it. No one gets to 8 and 8 other than the winner. No, I'm not taking that.
5: I'm that's, not touching that. That's it's a common terror, sense. disaster
3: not zone. Not touching. Those teams are horrible. Statistically that's tough to do. Well, it's a Have you seen zone. these teams? They ha- they get to play each other. Yeah. Uh and everyone else. Mike Zimmer will get more votes for Coach of the Year than Peyton Manning or Drew Brees get for MVP. Wow. <laughs> How are we gonna measure <laughs> that? I don't know. Well they 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 list the votes. I don't know. Mark got wacky with this Browns thing. I thought I should try to get creative. I like that.
4: That's very nuanced. I'm not going <laughs> near it. Is it possible
3: <laughs> it, it, to get more votes for
5: Coach of the Year same amount of voters, 50 voters.
3: I will take you up on that one. (laughs) Can you repeat it again? Mike Zimmer will get more votes for Coach of the Year than Peyton Manning or Drew Brees
2: will get for MVP. I will definitely take that. It made my brain break, so I won't (laughs) take it on principle.
3: (laughs) Uh, That was it. I thought we only had three yesterday, right? No, that's good. Okay, good.
2: Listen, Mark, Mark, this has nothing to do with me wanting to talk. We have a lot of show to get to.
4: Who's talking right now? Well, I,
2: the, well, the host is talking, so listen up, son.
4: I only took it as quick, get back to me, get back to me. So I, know. Well, I, that's I how shut you're, it down. That's how
2: your brain works. I, so I shut sad. it down.
3: I do think we should award a winner for every podcast at the end. Maybe the viewers could decide.
4: And yesterday, Mark was the winner.
3: Yes. He was
4: on fire. I am he- on, and he's winning I right now, I'm on too. cold medicine, and I have been for about a week, and I don't remember any of these Mark's going to get a
2: four game suspension for uh, PEDs.
4: <laughs> we
5: got one tweet that said whatever you put in Mark Sessler's coffee.
4: On Wednesday, can he do that every episode?
2: Mark, are you okay with the praise being heaped on you, or can we move forward with the show?
4: It's just based on on falseness because I I really my mind is not operating correctly.
2: All right, so we have a whole slate of games to get to, but let's start. By going into the future, gentlemen, we're going to throw it to the crew that's uh, working the Thursday night game, the ATL, excuse me, the Around the NFL fellas. Uh, watch the Thursday night game. They're going to off their analysis. So, TD, can, can we get in the time machine, throw it to those guys, and then bring it back to us? All right. Let's do it. Thank you, Dan.
4: You know, so here we are in the future. Yes, and we have you and I have had the benefit of listening to the show that we're about to continue to do downstairs. <laughs> right, it is not funny at all. <laughs> I would say it's a very poor for poor performance from Dan, especially. I would turn it off right now. Wow, shots fired. Is that not accurate? You listen to it too. It goes right down a cliff. It could it could use some work,
3: but the best five minutes of the show are coming up right now because we're going to talk a little Thursday night football and the Baltimore Ravens delivering a convincing win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A game the Ravens, I think, needed to win. You couldn't lose two straight games at home in the division, and they played like a team that needed to win.
4: They looked very focused, and I think that we were wondering out of the gate, are we going to get last week's team on offense that had Joe Flacco throwing 62 passes, everything that they said wouldn't happen this season, or are we going to get the promise of what Gary Kubiak said he'd bring? I think we got the latter full force. I mean, Flacco came out 8 of 8, on his first couple drives. They had these long marches. He only had three drives in the first half. 11 plays,
3: 12 plays. I'm a dork. I really follow how many drives each team has each half and each game. I get into that. It almost never happens that you only have three drives, but it's because both teams were moving the ball very well, but the Ravens were finishing their drives, and the Steelers had a lot of unforced errors. Ben Roethlisberger ended drives with bad throws. They ended two drives with fumbles. Uh, they had a lot of penalties in the game. It was kind of an unforced error type of game that they just handed to Baltimore.
4: Yeah, they're the team that looked like they had been distracted all week with off-the-field issues, honestly. Like, you charted Flacco, and he didn't have, what, a single bad throw in the first half?
3: Yeah, I only charted five bad throws for the whole game, which is pretty good out of 29. A lot of dink and dunk. A lot of stuff between the numbers to Dennis Pitta, to Steve Smith. How fun is Steve Smith Steve
4: Smith, you know, and Chris... Saw this early in the preseason, and credit to him. Steve Smith looks like a different guy to me entirely. I think he's, he's found the perfect offense for him. He's dynamic, and he's perfect for Flacco. I mean, Flacco already mm. targeted him ten times tonight, double more than anyone else on the Ravens, and that's what happened last week, too. TD loves him some Steve Smith.
3: I do, and uh,
5: just in in regards to Chris Westland and Steve Smith, who is, I guess, having a somewhat of a
3: comeback year. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're still thinking of you, Chris. I mean, look, Chris doesn't own uh, the patent on Steve Smith love. We all love it. Who, Who doesn't love to watch him play because he's so feisty, and he still has burst. He's 35 years old. He's not playing old man football. He's still got a young game, and... Joe Flacco had a funny joke in the postgame show that he no one else uh, draws as many face mask penalties because he's so short and he's so physical. He gets
4: a face mask penalty against him every week. He's perfect for the Ravens. I, I, I think this might be, for me, one of the best offseason pickups by any team
3: i believe steve smith has always been a raven and no one telling tell me <laughs> oh
4: <how laughs> interesting
3: yeah, yeah i mean it's amazing tory smith only had 10 yards in the game and it didn't matter he did draw a very big pass interference penalty which there should be a stat for that because that was Torrey smith who who drew that but smith really reminds me so much of anquan bolden i mean he basically is they lost anquan bolden they never should have gotten rid of him and they decided who can, who can replace Anquan Bolden with a little extra juice, actually, in his legs, and that's Steve Smith.
4: I'm a little concerned from the Pittsburgh side. Now, people can shrug off what happened in the second half against Cleveland, but that was 24 unanswered points at one point. Then tonight, they really... They, just, they seem to me, especially in pass coverage, to be in a soft zone or something where they're just sort of not putting the heat on receivers, and Baltimore was able to pick... Pick away at them all night long, and Flacco on those shorter <laughs> passes kept getting yards after the catch. What did you say receivers. about
3: uh, Marcus Gilbert, the uh, tackle for the Steelers, when he gave up the sack to Elvis Doomerville? Oh,
4: said he put a he dressed him in a multicolored clown suit because <laughs> that's what
3: he did. Dumervil was moving fast off the edge. It shows you can't judge too much off one week. because I watched Doomerville last week, he was only on the field for half of the snaps, and he didn't have a hurry. He didn't have a hit. He was absent i thought is this guy coming off the bench Is his career ending and tonight he had two sacks he threw gilbert on one play it looked like he knew the snap count or something he was just jumping off the edge had another quarterback hit he's he needs to be big for them because they really don't have any pass rushers other than him or Suggs.
4: one last thing i think we noticed that when antonio brown went out of the game for a bit uh he came back in but you asked if maybe that was their Jenga piece. Mm. Uh, if Big Ben isn't that, that piece, that he might be because the offense suddenly went down. They only had about three healthy receivers, but they just couldn't get anything done. But even when he came back in, that depleted secondary in Baltimore, they did a pretty good job tonight. They, they did a
3: good job. They kept plays in front of them. They don't want to give up big plays. I don't think this was as big a blowout as it was on the scoreboard, 26-6. No. The first half especially was, was close, and the Steelers played like a lot of teams do on the road on Thursday night. They, yeah, they yeah. play tired. It's tough. Three, night, three days rest, then you go on the road. I, I have a hard time picking any road teams, and, and they can't survive Roethlisberger having a C game, and that's what they got.
4: Well, you got Wesleyan and I off to an 0-1 start. I forgot yes. about that Thursday night slum for those visiting teams, and I fell for the Steelers hype. My Super Bowl team in the AFC. Yeah, and,
3: oh, by the way, forget about the Steelers as the team of ATL. Uh, this
4: did not. This is not a good look for them. I I never
3: really fully embraced it. Maybe I did early, but they're they're too much of a national team with too many Super Bowl trophies. I'll to let be the you team. bring
4: that up with Chris. I like I like where you're going with that.
3: All right, I think uh, I do
5: s- Did see Dan in the past? Actually, he actually tweeted about that. What well, yeah. What did they, he say? I think he, <laughs> he pretty much deaded the Steelers' chances. Yeah.
3: So. Well. <laughs> <laughs> wow! TD just. Going off the ropes right there and knocking him out himself. I'll take it. I, I accept that. One uh, thing
4: to the listeners, I just want to – if you do decide to keep listening, Dan actually is wonderful for the rest of the show. <laughs> we love our host. He's not dull. He did a great job. Chris, not so much, but you've know, you got to deal with the good and the bad.
3: Also a great performance by Dan's hair. And oh, yeah. uh, without any further ado, let's send it back to you, Dan.
2: Great job, Greg, and both of you fellas. Co- and an analysis, I thought, especially
3: yes. by Mark. His points on the Ravens, especially on point. Really well-timed drops by me, though. <laughs> yeah, really
4: <laughs> yeah, good job yeah, by first you. First time for everything, TD. <laughs> Greg, Greg sounded tired, I thought.
2: <laughs> I could actually hear Mark chugging out of the cough medicine bottle during his segment, though. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move into the previews of Sunday's games. And we start with the Miami Dolphins heading to Buffalo to face the Bills. Miami coming off a big victory against the Pats. The Bills coming off a really nice victory against the Bears. So these are two AFC East teams that perhaps are throwing out some signs that they could be sneaky this year and we can get behind them. Uh, The question is, is E.J. Manuel going to deliver another nice performance? They are the home team. You expect, I guess, that they would be the favorite here. How do you guys see this playing out?
5: I try not to underrate the Bills at home because they're very good there. But I really liked what I saw with the Dolphins' offense, and I think they are running Chip Kelly's offense. They spread the field. They take defenders out of the box, so no Sean Marino has room to operate out of the shotgun. And he's basically a spread running back right now. This is a recipe for success. I like what the Dolphins are doing. I think they have the edge here.
4: They had 191 yards on the ground last week. That's not something the Dolphins in recent days are accustomed to. It is a completely new attack. Mike Wallace used all over the field. He looks interesting. I know uh, Chris Wesleyan's big on him. This this AFC East is uh, not going to be what it was in years past. It hasn't been good for a while. You think it's going to be good now? I think
2: that... You guys have the Jets all of a sudden as a
3: winning record. I
4: think that maybe if New England just comes down just a step, there's going to be some intrigue here at the end of the year. Mm. I think
2: if we see the Dolphins' offense perform well again... Uh, I'm going to start getting excited, Mark, about your boy, Bill Lazor. And we could then start to get excited about the Dolphins. So they can go on the road. You and-
4: could have gotten excited about Lazor when I told you in like early June <laughs> that this was going to happen.
2: Well, you know, it's like, am I supposed to get excited by Colt Lairla? You can't get excited about everything in the preseason. We don't get
4: everything
5: right,
3: but this one, there's is- a, there a lot to believe in here.
5: Dan's not going to respect somebody from the Chip Kelly coaching tree.
3: This reminds me, <laughs> yeah, by yeah, the way, that TD threw out a uh, sandwich proposition at the end of the podcast that went over, you know, like a wet fart, where you said uh, some team from the AFC East is going to make the playoffs, or two teams? Was a that team it? not named the New England Patriots. Okay, I'll take that one, playoffs. too, by the way. Right. No one took you up on that. And I'll take that, because <laughs> I think both these teams are going to be mediocre in the long run. And I was surprised we all took the Dolphins, not to give it away here. No, that's be- good. Because this seems like a coin flip type of game. Uh, the Bills ran the ball really well last week. They did a good job managing E.J. Manuel. The question is, like, how long can you go just managing your quarterback? Because it's not – if you watch that E.J. Manuel performance last week, you didn't do that much. the problem. You can go about yeah, a week. Yeah, that's what I and think. And even the best throw he made in the game, the biggest play a third down late, it's like a fluttering ball that somehow gets there. They had a month and a
5: half to prepare for that game.
2: The Detroit Lions and Carolina Panthers, two more teams that started out with a win in Week 1. The Lions now travel to Carolina. Cam Newton will be back in the lineup. Matthew Stafford coming off that amazing game. Uh, Megatron looks healthy and and back to the guy he was in 2012. A lot of reasons to be excited if you're a Lions fan, as I'm sure our boy Kevin Patra is. Uh, If the Panthers can hold off the Lions, that will tell us a lot about their defense. Tell us what you think, gentlemen.
3: I'm disgusted by all of you. Mm. Just last year, the team of ATL, the Carolina Panthers. Last week, they go out and they win a game on the road in the division with Derek Anderson at quarterback. Now they're home, and they're favored in this game, and I got a hero pick, and I'm going to collect on it just because I picked the Panthers. What what happened to a little
4: loyalty? Also because what uh, the way our picks work out, we are all able to see what we pick, mm. and everyone had theirs done by six thirty seven 7 at night. Greg waited until late at <laughs> night and came true. in and saw that we had all picked the Lions and dialed up the Panthers. Now he's trying to give us heat. When I
3: <laughs> – mm, it's
4: not true. Well, it's factually accurate. You had not picked. But I
3: didn't know who you had picked. If I had done that, I could have done it for any game by that logic. Don't buy that at all. When I've broken up with
5: girlfriends in the past and we've moved on and it's been six months and she has now seeing someone else,
3: I don't feel guilty for going out with another girl. Do you believe that the Lions are going to be that big of a juggernaut? Team? I mean they they did have perhaps the most impressive week 1 win. Does that change the way you see them already for the whole season or just No, because win?
5: I thought they would be that impressive. I predicted them to go to the playoffs. I thought they had great personnel on offense, I thought they were frisky on defense, and I thought we kind of agreed early last season they were that team and they kind of fell apart, but I think I think they are a better team than the Panthers right now.
4: They do have an overload of Offense and There's so many different people you can throw the ball to or hand it off to, and everyone's talking about Eric Ebron. That guy didn't even do anything in the last game. If he gets good, this this going to be a real tough matchup. They were playing the Giants, though. I'm not right. sold, sold now on Now they're on Giants. the road
3: against one of the, I think, two best defenses in football that looked outstanding last week, and the offense looked a little better than I expected. I'm almost worried that Cam Newton is in because I'm not sure how healthy he is. Yeah, what, you're what kind of Cam of
2: Newton are we going to see? And that is the reason, certainly, I... I thought two things. I I'm one of those people that get too wrapped up in a week one performance sometimes, and I really liked the way the Lions looked. And then Cam Newton. I don't know if he's ready yet. And they didn't play that great. I guess Derek Anderson was involved, so you can't. They take ran that much so out much out play, play
4: action. That was another one. How did you had... sit Derek Anderson? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought they did play
3: great, really, for three quarters. Uh, they dominated as well as just about any team, including the Lions. They, they let them back in. It was on the road, but I don't know. I, Maybe D'Angelo Williams doesn't play as much in this game, and they get Jonathan Stewart out there. He didn't really look that good last week. Stewart yeah, broke some tackles. Right, but didn't, didn't really get many yards, didn't get enough carries.
2: By the way, you sit, you mentioned you have a hero pick. I thought they renamed that the Hanses pick after my three hero picks <laughs> showing in week one. Get your damn get your damn I like that, Sessler.
4: The past 80 seconds of self-promotion are now over. <laughs> <It's> moving <laughs> forward. Sessler likes it because he's in first place right now.
3: Up on you by three games at the Doesn't end of Doesn't matter. The
2: I got the glory picks. I'll take the standings. All right. We have another matchup here of uh, 1-0 and teams. Interesting start to the schedule. The Atlanta Falcons coming off that great win against the Saints at home. Now travel to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. The Bengals who are dealing with pre- – perhaps a A.J. Green not at full capacity. He's dealing with some type of foot foot injury uh, but the Bengals and Falcons two uh, teams that are 1-0 how do we see this?
5: What's Vontez Perfect's status?
3: He hasn't practiced as of our taping and so it's not looking good. He had a concussion last week. That's a big loss. He was the that. best player on the field for most of last week's game. Gio Bernard was pretty good, too, even though it didn't show up as much in the box score. The thing I took watching that Bengals game again was their offense didn't look like they're just figuring it out. You know, the Giants are saying, oh, we're just figuring out our offense. A lot of these, oh, we're just figuring out. I mean, it looked ready to go. Didn't you think? I, Andy Dalton looked pretty good in that game. He had a good Andy Dalton game, and it looked like it was a midseason form for them. They were better when
5: Tyler Eifert was in the game. When he came out, they already lost Marvin Jones, so they're not, now they're down to Mohamed Sanu and AJ Green, and having Gio, Gio Bernard is such a big factor in the
4: passing game helps. I think you know Hugh Jackson. He knew the team, so it probably transition a little smoother than a, than a Giants situation. And that that elevation of Jackson made sense and is an improvement for the Bengals. We don't know as much about you lose Mike Zimmer. That's tough, and to have to deal with Matt Ryan and what the Falcons' offense did last week. Hmm. That's what I want to see is. Is this Falcons offense? Because I thought the Saints defense was solid. This offense may go out and do what you're talking about, Chris Westling, in terms of Matt Ryan's passing yardage.
5: Yeah, I love the Falcons offense. I think they're very good. But the Bengals were eight zero in the regular season at home last year. It's that's a tall task. That goes to go under the radar.
2: Yeah. Kevin Patcher was the only member of the around the NFL team to pick the Falcons, so he has a hero pick on that one.
3: I, I'd be worried if I was a Falcons fans about. The offensive line held up okay last week jake matthews is at this point not looking likely to play in this game missed a couple they've obviously already short at tackle and then on the other side of the ball i mean the way the bengals closed out that game wallace gilberry carlos dunlap your boy emmanuel lamir you know they lose people in free agency it doesn't matter they're still throwing waves of pass rushers at you and that could be problems in cincinnati this isn't a playoff game so they'll probably win Could be two playoff teams, though. This is one of the only three uh, 1-0 versus 1-0 games, and it's pretty spicy.
2: I just named them all, didn't I? Did we just go right through them? All right. Well, now we'll move on with two teams that lost in Week 1. The New Orleans Saints travel to Cleveland to face Marks Browns. The Saints, like we just said, came off that wild game with the Falcons and came up on the losing end. The Browns had that nice comeback against the Steelers in the second half that then fell short. And now they meet in Cleveland. Brian Hoyer back in against Drew Brees. Hoyer, Brees, who do you got? There are some well, <laughs> in-
5: injury issues here with the Browns. Jordan Cameron, basically the best part of their passing game, is, hasn't practiced yet this week. and Says he's feeling good. Says he's feeling yeah, good, but, but we'll Patton's him, comments kind of sounded like he was leaning against it. And Barkevius Mingo is, isn't practicing yet either.
2: Shoulder issue. Is this
3: tough for you, Mark, to watch your Super Bowl prediction? Saints kind of backing them this year versus your hometown team. I thought you might get a little inventive and take the Browns, but you did not.
4: I think it was about three or four years ago when I kept tr- trying to take these Browns games in these strange <laughs> situations, and just went like <laughs> zero and seven. I am over that. They did. Here's the thing: I don't know what they're very schizophrenic last last week. Either you're the team that can come out and run the ball the way they did in the second half, and they shut Pittsburgh's offense down for five out of six drives ended in puns, or you're the team in the first half that looked like an absolute horror show. Mm. And it's not a good situation to have to deal with, hi, here's your home opener, bring everyone in the stadium, and unveil Drew Brees and the Saints going for about 460 yards on this defense. I don't like the matchup. The only way I could see – the only kind of game you can win is remember when the Jets beat the Saints last year where you keep – the only best defense, you keep Breeze and that offense off the field, and if you can get the run game going, you chew up clock – all game long, it's, not, it's a tough task.
2: I don't think anyone picked the Browns. No, no, no. one's weak. But I will say that it's, it wouldn't have been an insane pick to do it. No. We know, yes, it would. We know Why? the Saints are a 500 <laughs> it's team.
5: It's the Saints versus the Browns. I, but come on, this, the Saints We are don't a know what team do these teams
3: the are yet. That's what I think. Well, I think I do. You know one, you, We know one game, and that's about it. We don't know who these teams are. We, we, you, what we do yeah, know so is you that— were you
4: impressed at all that they unraveled 24 points on Pittsburgh last week? Or did that not—there was nothing about that that you saw? At all. I
5: When I watched that, yeah, they did pretty well.
4: The Steelers said that they didn't handle the no-huddle well. What
5: I saw was the running game was great, and uh, Hoyer was mostly effective on play action. I don't know if you can count on doing that two weeks in a row. What's
3: you can't that? You can't lose this game if you're the Saints. If they're anywhere close to the team you guys think they are. Oh, it's true. It, it's tough to start out 0-2. I know they played
4: pretty well last Must week. Must-win up- game on middle of <laughs> September
2: the New England Patriots coming off a, a grim loss, a depre- you know, just a really pitiful loss, Greg, to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, now travel to Minnesota to face a team of ATL candidate, the Vikings, coming off a blowout win over the Rams. Uh, plenty of reasons to get excited here. And, and you know what? Matt Castle and Tom Brady are facing off against each other. Uh, Mark, I, I think I saw a tweet or something you wrote where you thought you said that there was a self-destruct chip uh, mm. that was built into Matt Castle when he left New England. If that's the case, the Patriots will win.
4: Well, it was actually in our picks right up, Dan. Oh, okay. Power pick. Yeah. Power pick. was Dur- my power pick. That- Duracell
2: power
3: pick of the week. You you both took the Patriots you over shill. the Vikings. wrestling and... Yeah. Uh, sponsors,
4: bring them. Talk, send I, me your money, sponsors. I talked to a couple people inside <laughs> the Patriots money. organization that told me that before they shopped <laughs> Matt Castle to Kansas City, they implanted a chip inside his head, which has been not – they've not pulled the trigger on this yet. But when they do, at any point, he gone. I just want to say, I mean, I've I've been honking
3: about Matt Castle all summer long. And right about now, you guys who always make fun of me for it, you got to be thinking, hmm. I might want to get in on this Matt Castle bandwagon. It's getting pretty exciting.
5: So they, when, <laughs> they didn't pull the trigger on this chip when Matt Castle was benched for Brady Quinn? No, they're going well, they to pull it would they They haven't ha- played, actually. They haven't played so him now. So Matt Castle is just that bad that he got benched for Brady Quinn? <laughs> <laughs> the, the chip will – there will be no more Matt Castle when they pull so the So that questions. answers your question. I, I'm, I'm I see, not jumping on board your Matt Castle I love.
3: see what you're trying to do there, Wes. And, yeah, uh, I'm answering your
2: question. I it, was with you, Greg, in, in preseason. If Castle was a guy that could bridge the gap and you don't have to force Teddy in there, and he played well, I, I expect him to play well. <laughs> That's all he is. He ain't a franchise quarterback. But I, th- I expect them to play well again. I think the Vikings are sneaky. We uh, thought the
5: Patriots were better – this year, then the team that went to the AFC Championship game. So to me, this is a no-brainer. You picked the Patriots in this game. Yeah, I, I didn't think that we all did.
3: Because they're so good coming off a loss. It, you have to kind of look at the season as a whole, and it, it is a little hard to imagine the, the Patriots losing two in a row. You, you would think they're going to play their best this week. But I don't know. Maybe
4: their best is still going to be close. This is the game I regret picking the way I did.
3: Really? You wish you took the Vikings? Mm-hmm.
2: I, I kind of feel feeling. a little bit of the same way. And uh, because for some reason, this, maybe this is the year that the Patriots start 0-2 and, and everyone writes the obituaries and then they go 12-4. and 4. <laughs> I mean, they, they looked pretty good for the first
3: half of last game and then they got totally wiped out. I, I think there's enough to believe in there. I don't think there's any reason to change our belief.
2: Moving forward, the Arizona Cardinals coming off that comeback win on Monday night against the Chargers now travel to the Meadowlands to face the New York Giants, who also played on Monday night and look, dreadful, the offense not looking even close to ready. One interesting little note that uh, we did in Around the NFL Post on today, Bruce Arians uh, spoke out about Eli's struggles in week one and said that he, when he installed a new offense with Arizona last year, it took Carson Palmer eight weeks to get comfortable, and he said that's basically probably the minimum with a veteran quarterback when you have to strip him down and start from scratch. So Arians knows the Giants are lost on offense. We all know it, so the Giants don't have a chance at home, right? I
3: picked the Giants. Why? Why wouldn't they have a chance? Let's not make this by the into way, some a, big upset
2: pick by the two.
3: By the two of you, give me what, a break.
2: Listen, Wes and I both picked the Giants. Yeah, only
3: because Good
4: for you, you picked the home team.
2: It feels like— well. Against who the, did you pick?
4: I picked the Cardinals. So I what's your the cardinals?
3: Point? But it's a to me, it's a coin. <laughs> well, why are play. we Why are we
4: <laughs> advertising this like so, we've done something noble by picking the home team in <laughs> I the don't football think game? I no? didn't say that.
5: I think if, if well, what Arizona, is going on around here, if Arizona loses that game to San Diego in the last minute instead of wins it, a lot more people will be picking the Giants this week.
3: Right. I think the Cardinals' defense, which now we know will be without John Abraham, and you guys talked about it on the last show. I think it's going to be so much better at home than it is on the road. And Carson Palmer worried me a little bit last week. Uh, he made some big plays, but you can't count on him making plays with his he legs. He Played and like Carson beats. Palmer? No, way. he didn't, because the five best plays he
4: made in the game w- included him running around, and I've never well, seen know, that and before. And it and, won't happen again. Manning
2: and Palmer, forty yards, I think, is are
4: one right. and two in multi-interception games since two thousand four. Over the last decade,
2: mm.
4: no quarterbacks have had more games with two or more picks. This could be a wild one. By the so
5: way, they're we, both first ballot Hall of Famers. <laughs>
3: Not from my lips. This season is really a campaign for Eli Manning to knock himself out of the Hall of Fame, and I'm going to enjoy it.
2: And I don't see how the Cardinals are even a finalist for the team of ATL if we think it's not an upset if the Giants beat them. It, it is we an upset. We all think the Giants stink. It's a small upset. I think the Cardinals are good. We picked them as a team of
3: ATL because I think they'll be fun to watch. And what did they deliver in week one? The most fun game of the week. That well, was, was not that half. fun. It was second a great was nice. fourth quarter. Was, I mean, would not have put that
5: in the top five games. It definitely wasn't
3: as fun as the Falcons Saints game. Yeah, That's fair. But you just didn't like it because you got the pick wrong. The The Cardinals <laughs> have a lot going on. John Brown... That was one of the best plays of the week, was it not? Yes. His touchdown to win he's the game. Almost fun. as good as Marcus Wheaton's play. Michael Floyd. I mean, there, there's a lot of fun players to watch on this team.
2: All right. The Dallas Cowboys, who looked terrible at home against the 49ers. Tony Romo looked very rusty. They now travel to face uh, the Tennessee Titans, who... Um, <laughs> who have Jake Locker at quarterback and Sean Green and Dexter McCluster, a lot of skill players on there to get excited about. Uh, I would think Tony Romo is going to play better in this game, but we don't know. Maybe he's not healthy. It'll be very interesting to see how the Cowboys bounce back after that performance offensively. That's what I'm looking for. What about you guys?
3: I'm looking forward to see if Rolando McClain can repeat his effort.
2: He's going to shut down Sean Green.
3: You know, (laughs) you said that the defense didn't play well for the Cowboys, and that's true overall. It didn't. It didn't play well, but the facts are the 49ers didn't score a point after halftime, and they scored 14 points directly (laughs) off turnovers. So – They did as well as you could have possibly helped. And they had a couple players play really well, surprisingly. Rolando McClain flying all over the field, and Jeremy Minty with a really nice
5: game. Rolando McClain was their best defensive player.
3: He really was. We kind of made fun of him all offseason. It's crazy. It's one of the most surprising stories I
4: can think of. I think you took that defensive effort and you stuck it in the middle of last year's absolute train off the side of a cliff. It would have stood out as one of the better performances.
5: I I watched the whole game, and I really didn't think they played well.
4: They didn't overall. They, Colin Kaepernick had the fifth best passer rating of his career. I, I guess all this it, is...
5: I mean, I think your bar is so low that you're
4: trying well, to find... We are saying pos- that. We're not saying it's good in relative to the rest of the league, but for what we're expecting from Dallas, it was less of a disaster. I think their secondaries...
3: <laughs> it, was, it was a bad game. <laughs> their secondary is really well, that's all bad. you're going to get. They're playing Brandon Carr so much money, and he is not effective at all. And the Titans now have a pretty good wide receiver group. Kendall Wright... Justin Hunter is definitely making that leap, and Nate Washington is still
4: Nate Washington. That's actually a tough group to deal with. Isn't what, what's more disappointing, though, is because we already expected Dallas to go out and what give 34 points up one way or another. The problem is, bang, they score 17 or whatever it was, and it's like if they can't go out and put up 30, 40 points a game, they're not going to win more than three games this season. That was the worst half of football I've ever seen Tony Romo play. I took
5: the Cowboys in this
4: game because I think everybody's overreacting
3: to one Tony Romo game. But he really was that bad. And yeah. He missed throws. So was Tom Brady. Crazy bad. He wasn't as bad as Tony Romo. was the worst quarterback in the league last week. Nick him Foles Nick, was. Him and Nick
2: Foles were the two. Yeah, Mark, Greg, and myself all took the Titans. Patra and West took the Cowboys.
3: That's a fun one.
2: Moving forward, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who got off to that great start in week one against the Eagles and then crumbled head to Washington to face the Redskins, who uh, looked fairly dire on the road against the Texans. So... A battle of two 0-1 teams. Robert Griffin III is a big guy to watch here. How he comes back from what was kind of a tough game for him, despite the stats maybe not saying that. And then we get on the other side, Chad Henney, who might be under a little pressure here with Blake Bortles sitting behind him. We should explain
5: that just because we all five agree on a game, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's a mismatch. No, this it is often, a coin flip. Right. It often happens that in coin flip games we just all tend to side with one team and acknowledge it's a coin flip game. And I think this is one of the situations we all went with the Redskins.
3: Right. If I had been peeping at the picks ahead of time, I'd flip it over to the Jags
2: and get a team Which we hero, suspect but... that you sometimes do. No, that's not happening. That's definitely <laughs> happening. I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> so, what? I mean, what do you think? Do you think uh, RG3 – what is RG3 at this point? Do you think he's going to play well in this game, or do you think this is going to be the continuation of more struggles for this guy, and then you're going to start hearing Kirk Cousins talk by October?
5: You've heard of Steve Blass disease, right? hmm For those of you who don't follow baseball, Steve Blass was a Pirates pitcher who couldn't find home plate anymore, and his career was ruined. Happened to Ricky Ann Keel, Chuck Knobloch at Steve second Sachs. base. RG3 might be the first person to have Steve, Steve Blass disease with his legs. Right, he's
3: just too afraid to run.
5: He doesn't trust his legs. I he doesn't think... plant well. He doesn't. His mechanics are off. He doesn't trust his legs to get away from J.J. J. Watt. He doesn't trust his legs to beat corners to the to the sideline anymore. I, to me, he just plays. He plays like a guy who's not natural anymore and is is not confident in his legs.
3: Throw the ball down the field. He's got a great arm, and they have great deep receivers. They've well, turned Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon into like mid-career Brandon Stokely.
5: His coach is coaching like a coach who has no confidence in his quarterback.
2: Jay Gruden. And Jordan Reed is out of this game. That's one of RG3's security blankets, so that won't make things easier. But we all picked the Redskins, so I guess we're not buying into the Jaguars, despite there being off-season hype about them, about being much improved. Not ready yet for primetime.
3: Part of the reason was I don't think last week's game against Philly, their first half that was solid, was about them. It was more about Nick Foles. There they were free receivers going... Wide open all over the field, and Chad Henney's their quarterback. And Chad Henne, they got out to a seventeen to
5: nothing lead, and he did he did nothing after halftime.
3: As much as we're killing RG three, he still has a lot of talent, and he didn't He's make still any better bad, than Chad Henne. He didn't make any bad throws in that game. He just didn't try to make it. Still
5: any. better than Henne given Sunday. <laughs> wow, is that a thing, <laughs>
2: or is that your thing? It's a thing now. It's a new thing. (laughs) Wow. Get excited. Uh, All right. Here's a – this, I guess, this is a tough spot for a team of ATL nominee. My nominee, actually, the San Diego Chargers come off that loss to the Cardinals where they really let that game get away. They should have won that game instead. They're 0-1, and now they have the defending champions coming into their building. If you want to be a team of ATL, you cannot start 0-2, and you have the Seattle Seahawks ready to do it to them. Now, here's the question. Phil Rivers, we all love him in this room. Not as much as I love Andy Dalton, really. according to make my own uh, my sandwich proposition. But are they going to be able to hold off the Seahawks, or are the Seahawks just too good right now?
5: I was tempted to pick the Chargers in this game. I was too. And really then I tempted. just decided not to get too cute and just go with the better team.
4: Same here. I'll take Seattle 16 weeks, and I'll be upset
3: three of them. You said uh, no team of ATL could, could start 0-2, but the only team of ATL in history, started 0-2. So I, I wouldn't give up on the Chargers because they were competitive last week. Nothing about what they did surprised us. If Antonio Gates didn't drop six passes or whatever was going on with and him. A,
2: and Phillip Rivers dropped that snap from the shotgun that knocked him out of field. He had a bit that of a was mental, a bad loss. That was a bad loss. He had
3: a bit of a mental meltdown in the, in the fourth quarter. I was surprised to see him take a delay a game and those yeah. sacks at the end of the game. Surprising for the smartest player in the league. <laughs> Maybe it's going to take a little while to... You know, get used to this Frank Reich offense. Their offense definitely wasn't humming like it was at the end of last year. They had three first downs in the first 27 minutes of that
2: game. And a tough start, by the way, for um, a making the leap nominee, Ladarius Green, who didn't – had two catches or 24 yards and only actually had seven routes where he really had a chance. He, they kept him into block a lot. He is not a key part of this offense right now, at least as a passing, uh, on the passing side of it.
3: I think this is the best game of the week. Would it totally yeah. stun you? if the chargers win this game Not at or all. if it's at no. the end no
4: no it's uh, it lines up in the sense that you know seattle isn't quite the same team on the road and the chargers i i have them as a playoff team i think that they're in the mold of went out and beat the broncos last year and
5: they're going to be a little bit desperate coming off of, nobody wants to start 0 and 2 and it's a home game so yeah i think we underestimate that a little bit that the more needy team often plays better
2: and we all pick the seahawks and and, you know, I guess that's because it's hard to go against Seattle right now based on what we've seen the last two times they've been on the field.
3: I'm afraid of them.
2: Yeah, that maybe they that's like, what seem it is. like they're the
3: greatest team ever assembled. <laughs> I honestly feel
2: like I will not. Yeah, I'm similar to Mark. I don't know if I'll pick every game for them, but I probably won't pick against them until they lose at least one. Don't you're, get
3: cute in
5: week two.
2: Right. If well, you're afraid of them, imagine how Phil Rivers feels. Well, this is
3: like the toughest matchup potentially on their entire schedule until they go to San Francisco in week 13. So we could be picking them a lot.
2: The St. Louis Rams, who, let's face it, have a good chance to be terrible this year, uh, coming off that terrible home loss to start the season against the Vikings, now travel to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had a bad loss in week one uh, against the Panthers at home. We all know that Sean Hill uh, did not play well, and then he got injured. Austin Davis is a guy uh, now that we have to see what he can do. He'll face- He's a guy? He's, I think, maybe. I, I don't know who he is, to be honest with you. He'll face uh, <laughs> off against Josh McCown, who had really a bad game in his uh, Bucks debut, came on strong late in the fourth quarter, but on balance, very disappointing start. We don't know what's going on with Doug Martin, if he's injured, if he's losing snaps to Bobby Rainey. There's uh, a lot of stuff right now with the Bucks that it's hard to get a gauge on, so this game will be interesting. That's my sell of the game anyway. That's the best I could do.
3: (laughs) And it'll be interesting by you mean it's the worst game of the week. it is. This is the game you don't want to see on your schedule when I send out our assignments this week. It can be the bastard stepchild (laughs) that you just kind of ignore while you watch the other game. This is the game that both of these teams, after what happened to them in week one, looked at the schedule and they were both thinking, oh, yeah, that's who we get to play (laughs) in week two because we got a chance. One of these teams is going to be one and one and they'll be
4: fine. I don't like this. It's Tampa Bay defense, which is – there's talent there. I don't think they're a bad defense on any level. Up against a Brian Schottenheimer, vanilla paint-by-numbers offense that turns players like Tavon Austin into nobodies. This is going Tampa's way.
5: I picked the Bucks because, look, Rams, you are offensive to watch. Already. <laughs> I mean, you're putrid.
2: I There's no excuse. <laughs> you're playing a mausoleum of they a lost, stadium. I'll just add no that in there you. There's no
5: excuse should have drafted a quarterback for the last two or three years. It's your fault that you don't have anybody to put behind Sam Bradford because you banked on mediocrity for years and years, and this is what you
3: have, sub-mediocre. Mm. Not their fault that Chris Long is out, but it certainly hurts.
2: Yeah, and I'm not <laughs> going to defend Brian Schottenheimer because he, when he was at the Jets, he was very frustrating. But I will say that he's had the last five years Mark Sanchez – uh, Sam Bradford and Sam Bradford's backups to work with. There's not many coordinators to turn that Sam Bradford, in theory, into,
4: is a n- top overall draft pick. That in theory, is the key. I, I would look at this. No, Sam he, Bradford he was literally
2: the top <laughs> overall. Sam
4: Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Bradford has had Marty, has had Brian Schottenheimer to work with. That's the problem. And Pat Shermer. And Pat Shermer, like uh, Brian Schottenheimer. I, th- here's the thing. You after everything that happened last year with this team. They come out in the preseason and in week one. Is there Have they done anything to improve or grow more creative at well, the, well, all? Well, they're Nothing. now using
3: Tavon Austin on runs up the middle
4: between <laughs> the tackles. That's, the, that's what the, you want to do. If you watched
3: their Ground tape pound, baby. 16 <laughs>
4: weeks ago, you've got it Did now. Did you just notice that? They were, <laughs> I
3: saw him going in between the tackles. Like, oh, he's going to get hurt.
2: <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs uh, coming off a bad loss in week one. Travel to Denver now to face the Broncos. And the Broncos who you know didn't quite look dominant I would say against the Colts kind of let the the uh, second half get let the game get close but you have to think that the Broncos are a heavy favorite here we all pick them to win the Chiefs might not be very good this year uh your thoughts gentlemen
3: we all picked the bucks by the way too right did you say that yeah i don't know if it did yeah
4: say that. I think we, did. We, did. Yes, we did no, we no all one wanted the bucks. to get on yeah this is the game i don't want this is going to be a, an old fashioned beatdown.
5: i would sum up this matchup in this fashion A Chiefs fan tweeted me and asked the following question. Of all of our offensive linemen who played so poorly in week one, who played the absolute worst so I know who to bench when Jeff Allen comes back? (laughs) They're making the decisions on who to bench? The fans are, yeah. Yeah, They want to know who should be benched because the entire offensive line played poorly. Jarrell Casey and Derek Morgan just ate them up.
3: I think the Broncos' defense is going to be the story after this. Because if they're as good as we think they are— Von Miller is going to get off. DeMarcus Ware is going to get off. You know, Malik Jackson. Everyone will have a fun time, and everyone will be, ooh, this new Broncos defense. They really are a lot better. Because they showed flashes last week that they could be pretty
2: good. I'll throw in one thing, and because I find this to be a real thing uh, when teams kind of look past one opponent, when there's something huge on the horizon. The Broncos are playing the Seahawks in week three. You know, between it's the season opener the this week, and then. the Seahawks <laughs> might end up being closer. I'm just saying, sometimes it works out that way. I don't know if it's actually if there's anything behind. it. I
5: would buy into that if they were playing at Arrowhead.
3: DJ yeah,
5: Daniel Jeremiah,
3: uh, who put together another beautiful podcast this week, everyone yeah, was should okay. listen to. Move
2: the sticks. <laughs> it's okay. It was, it was really good. I listened podcast. to it this morning. Yeah, better than ours. No, but
5: our. I mean, the go get go get your lunch. I mean, that's an award winner.
2: <laughs> as I told as I told DJ. You know, although I wish him the best of this podcast, he's now the enemy and <laughs> will be treated as such. Wow. Eh, you know.
3: Well, I'm still going to use his information, which was that uh, he's been hitting good. this all off season that the Chiefs secondary is sneakily the worst in the league or, or right there with hmm. their quarterback. So they that, released everybody. So those cornerbacks going up against Denver, even, at, even not at 100%, forget it.
2: The New York Jets coming off a, you know. A win against the Oakland Raiders. Now travel to Lambeau Field, where they'll have to, the secondary, which kind of got the week off against the Raiders, now will not have the week off. Aaron Rodgers and his whole gang of uh, merry men will be there. Eddie Lacey practiced on Thursday, and it looks like he's getting cleared and will be back from his concussion, so the Packers will be at full power. Of course, Packers coming off a bad loss uh, against Seattle on Thursday night, so last Thursday night, so a lot of things are stacked against. My Jets here, so I, I don't see a game that's going to be competitive. I think the Packers are going to really mm. have their way here and score a lot of points, 38-17, something like that. That's Did me.
5: you say what's going on with Brian Balaga? No. Well, I don't know if they're going to be a full power because if you had Derek Sherrod starting at right tackle, mm. that lack of edge rushing for the for the Jets won't even matter.
3: It, matter, it matters. It didn't even show up last week against the Raiders in terms of one-on-one winning matchups, that stuck out to me against Oakland. But I'm surprised that you have no faith, Dan, that the Jets I just, can be competitive. I
2: think that maybe playing the Raiders in Week 1 has inflated people's feelings <laughs> on the Jets a little too much, and so I need to see them put up a good effort against a great passing team. I just need to see it. And if they do it, then, I, then I'll be a little more in on this team thinking, oh, maybe they can get to nine wins. Let's see. They don't have to win this week for me to be excited I about like the they team.
4: They had 200-plus yards rushing
2: last week. They can run the ball. And now I like,
4: that's a good thing for them. Now that's one way to. It's not that different than that Saints game we talked before. You want to keep Green Bay off the field. If they can run the ball on the Packers, they will stay in this thing.
5: I like that you use the word inflated because on the last podcast, I purposely filled up Jets heads with helium so we could de, <laughs> so we could deflate them
3: after this loss in Green Bay. I, that's they, mean. they should be excited. Chris Johnson is breaking tackles and running north south. Chris Ivory's looking good. They went over 400 yards for only the fourth time in the last three years. So that was a really nice game they had last week. And Geno Smith did a lot of great things. He I, did. I'm, I'm buying into Geno Smith Me right too.
2: Here. My whole goal for the Jets' season is not a Super Bowl, but for Wessling to write a retraction on his running back rankings. Get Chris Johnson in there. Get Chris Ivory in there. One, two. Bang. No. No. no.
4: One, two. See, this,
2: <laughs> this should provide hope for you, Mark,
3: because you guys always think that West just hates your teams. I don't think th- it. That he has some sort of <laughs> bias against your teams. But now that the Jets are turning a corner and they're actually looking like a team that's worth supporting, he's supporting them.
5: You've cracked the code. I loathe boring teams. See? By the way, and your teams are boring. I'm sorry. Let me just, let me say
2: this. Well, they didn't look too boring a week one. No, as which is said, why I gave them credit. Let's say. Let's just say. Let's go into manic pixie dreamland, and we will say the Jets beat the Packers in Lambeau. In Chris Wessling's mind, if I inevitably then on, on Sunday Night Show bring up the Jets as a team of ATL nominee, uh, Matthew Mulligan get the Jets back in the mix, would you shoot that down out of hand? No,
4: no way. Wow. I would I Let's would go, actually Giannis. I would support the concept of the Jets being the team of ATL if they beat Green Bay as my number one team. I would need some convincing. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> Depends what that. fashion
5: they do it. But if they if Chris Johnson and Chris Ivory run run like they did that's last be like, last like week. an
2: impressive, like pounding win where if they, Chris
5: Johnson is running people over, I can get behind that.
2: <laughs> the Houston Texans, without Jade clowney, who was out four to six weeks with that knee injury, travel to Oakland to face the putrid Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are not looking good at all. Obviously, we don't think they're going to be any good. But the Texans could be sneaky. And, they are you know, it's a road game for a team that lost 14 straight last year. But this is a new season. They got a win. They got Ryan Fitzpatrick looking decent in week one. Aaron Foster looks like his old self. You have De- Andre Hop- Johnson doing his thing. DeAndre Hopkins making a nice touchdown catch. J.J. Watt lording over everything. <laughs> I am in on the Texans as a sneaky team this year. You guys? D.J. Swearinger, D.J. Swearinger, another guy.
3: Brooks Reed was flying. Brooks around. Reed in the backfield all, all over that game. Mark is shaking his
2: head with. Well, disgust. no, I,
4: no, not disgust. Just talk about maybe we're overinflating an, an organization after one week of play. I, I am not sold on the Texans. I think
2: the Texans' defense is going to be real this year. I their, don't know about the their offense. Their
4: defense has been real two out of the last three years. No question about it. And they have a lot of those same parts. I don't have a problem with that. Cushing's back. You know, Romeo Cornell is an underrated coordinator. He did that with the Chiefs, too. He got them to play tough. But you're telling me that this offense with this quarterback situation is going to be a winning record at the end of the year? I don't think so. I think
2: they're going to flirt with 500. yeah. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick can certainly has the potential to sink them completely, but there's some good talent on that around him. And if Arian Foster is back to his old self and he really did look like Arian Foster, that's going to cover up a lot of bad... Marks? (laughs) Marks? <laughs> Pockmarks? <laughs> Pock marks. Mark and Greg, I have a question for you guys.
5: Romeo, Romeo, Romeo Cornell has coordinated for your teams. Does he blitz a lot? Is that something that he is in his repertoire?
3: Back when he was on the Patriots, he did. But that was when they had a ultra-veteran team that was allowed to be aggressive.
4: With Cleveland, when they were – he was there before he was their head coach. He was there – as their defensive coordinator under Chris Palmer, ran the alien defense, the UFO defense. you remember that? They would just not. take They were such a bad team. They would take six or seven players and just run them around pre-snap mm. in circles, and no one knew where anyone was coming from. So, yes.
5: I asked that because Rex Ryan blitzed Derek Carr 17 times on 34 mm. dropbacks, and Carr averaged 2.3 yards per attempt Carr on those. Carr was
3: terrible last week, by the way. That didn't get talked about. He had 92 yards and 27 attempts. Part of it was the game coordinate. plan. No, but he didn't look ready. He couldn't handle pressure and he missed a lot of throws. Well, if
5: you Google Tony Khan and Derek Carr, Jaguar Statsmeister Tony Khan, you'll read that. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> Real, that's awesome.
3: You will read that a lot of people worried about Derek Carr facing a blitz coming out of college. I know we got to move on, but the best friend for the Texans this year is the schedule, and that's why they can be in it. Look at these cream puffs. Oakland Giants, Buffalo, Dallas coming up. I mean, you, Oakland's a trap game. You can smell 4-1, and 3-2. and two.
2: Tomato awesome. cans. Uh, can, sandwich proposition, Mark? Eight wins for the Texans? No. <laughs> <laughs> Barrel of laughs. All right, moving on. The Chicago, by the way, we all picked the Texans to move to 2-0 and on, on the season. Chicago Bears head to San Francisco to pay, face the 49ers and the 49ers opening of their new stadium. Bears had that. Tough loss to the Bills. They're not, not a good sign for them at all. The Niners' offense looked alive, at least in the first half, half against the Cowboys. So now Jay Cutler versus Colin Kaepernick. A nice little matchup there. What do you think, guys? I think
5: Greg's got a little hero pick action on a team where Brandon Marshall hasn't practiced and Alshon Jeffrey went down with a hamstring injury last game. Wouldn't be feel too confident about
3: that hero pick on the road in San Francisco. Oof, I-, I don't really feel too confident. In it, to be honest, it was just kind of a feeling I had. And you, you look at the cornerbacks for the 49ers, they lost both their starters last week. It sounds like they're going to be out again. We already know about all the injuries and suspensions that's going on, on the defensive side. You just feel like, don't we believe in this Bears offense a little bit? No. You don't.
5: Jay Cutler made three of the five worst decisions in the NFL last week.
3: Not a good game for Jay
2: Cutler. Finally, Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles. Travel to Indianapolis. The Colts get another primetime game to start the season. They face the Colts. The Colts uh, f- come back, fell short against the Broncos. The Eagles started terribly and then beat the Jags. But uh, upon closer film study, Nick Foles did not look well at all, despite his numbers not being bad at the end of the day. Colts kind of need this win on the, uh, at home. Get, get back, get on the winning column. Let's are they going to take care of business?
3: I took the Colts.
5: I took the Colts. Andrew Luck is 10-0 coming off losses. I mean, I guess streaks are made to be broken, but that's a pretty good streak.
4: I went Eagles. I just uh, feel like last season I spent all year betting against Chip Kelly. Kept topping me over and over. I'm just going to give him the opportunity right here to let's correct
2: this. I took the Eagles as well, and it pains me because I don't like to buy into the Chip Kelly Genius Factory and no. take a tour around there, but I will say fraud. I will say that uh, I, you know, I think, what?
3: How is he a fraud? You're just playing it up. (laughs) Give me a break.
2: (laughs) I didn't like the way the Colts looked. This is more about, I didn't like the way the Colts looked on Sunday. I know they got back in the game, but the defense didn't look great to me, and, you know, not having Robert Mathis, he was going to be suspended for this game anyway, and now he's out for the year with a torn Achilles. I don't know what kind of pass rush they're going to get, so that's going to give Nick Foles some time. I think Foles will play better, and uh, the Eagles will win the game.
3: Well, the Eagles are missing another two offensive linemen, and I think they might have a quarterback problem. Nick Foles didn't look good in the preseason, and he didn't just look bad last week. I mean, he looked lost. He, he
5: looked – he was the worst – I thought he was the worst quarterback in the NFL. In, in the it, first was, it was. It was. Worst than car?
3: Yes, and he wasn't better – he wasn't much better in the second half. They won that game because of defensive plays and dump-offs and running plays. And, and a coverage breakdown on Jerry McMacklin. The only thing that I'm worried about is that Chip Kelly – is so much of a genius that he's created the quarterback, of the quarterback proof
2: offense.
5: I that was my favorite part of your QB index. Quarterback this week. proof there's
2: offense. There's a lot of
5: jealous quarterbacks around the league that wish they could be playing it's in an true. offense where you spread the field, it's a run heavy scheme, defenses are all spread out, you use they use play action pass fifty percent of the time. Mm. So there's all I mean, and McCoy is making defenses pay, there's always receivers running wide open in that offense.
3: Foles was having a, a, an epic, historical, mental meltdown <laughs> on par with like that guy who... In, oh, I'm going way off track here. I was going to say in the British Open where he was just stuck in the oh, water yeah, for a while. Guy. That was Nick Foles last week. He was just frozen as he watched three receivers running wide open down the field, and he didn't know what to do. And they still won 34-17. If,
2: if Chip Kelly truly has... as perfected the – what is it? What did you call it? Quarterback-proof offense. Quarterback-proof offense. Why don't they trade with the Browns, get Spencer Lanning, their punter in the building, put him at quarterback and see how they do? If he is such a genius. <laughs> they might make a mark, high bar for they might make Browns, are,
4: Browns aren't trading Spencer
2: Lanning away. <laughs> <laughs> he can take a kick. <laughs> he can. He's tough. Uh, all right. And uh, that's it. Those are all the games. So we will be back on Sunday night, as we are every a week during the NFL season to recap all of these games and see how we were all exactly right. Or if <laughs> we weren't right, we won't talk about it as much. We'll just admit what we're
4: doing correctly.
2: Exactly. That's, that's how, how it operates <laughs> That's as a how you writer. succeed, yes, in the professional sports business. Uh, that's it for today's show. We'll be back. This is Dan Hanzo signing off for The Boss, The Sizzler, The Mailman, and Tay Day behind the glass. Until Sunday.